It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, welcome back. It's your host, Bear Motter. I'm joined with the man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger. We're doing a little crossover podcast today, so this is going to be a dual Podcast with Lockdown Rams and Rams Podcast. James, welcome to the Lockdown Rams studio. How you doing, bud? Thanks for having me, Bear. It took me a long time to get over here. I was stuck Woo. in some of this LA traffic that I don't miss, but I'm happy to be here recording, talking some Rams who are also back at it uh, for the off season. They are on day two right now of their workout program, and it's going well. Got some solid pictures we posted on social media, and got a lot, a lot to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. Speaking of social media, feel free to reach out to us at LA underscore Rambling Bear at Lockdown Rams, as well as at J Kroger three. And Rams Podcast. Like you mentioned, James, we've got a lot to get to today. We're going to kind of recap a couple of things we talked about yesterday with the schedule and what's going on with the Rams, some of the news conference stuff. Kick on over to a couple other things that we saw today. And then we're going to kind of do some comparisons and we're going to kind of uh, take your pick, shall you say. With that said, day two, as you mentioned earlier, uh, any new fun stories coming out of camp today or, or anything you saw that caught your eye? Nothing new out of camp today. I, all I got was some some pictures that the Rams put up, the Snapchat. Uh, one thing I did see on Snapchat from the Rams is the the progress in the new stadium. Yeah. It's looking really cool. You can kind of get a peek on the, the basic foundation, and they got the, the sides up and everything, and it's it's becoming the shape of the stadium yeah. before we used to always see you know flyovers by J.B. Long, and it was just all dirt and foundation, and it's it's coming together, and it kind of gets that, that – excitement going you know definitely i'm i'm the psycho on the plane that's like can you put your uh your shade up i want <laughs> I to see, see the dirt out yeah, there and i'm like stuck my face stuck to the window with my <laughs> phone trying to record or get a glimpse and then you realize uh, the stadium's on the other side of the plane and you're like dang it yeah so it's getting really exciting i didn't get to watch the pressure yet for day two if they even had it but um just some things from yesterday jared goff specifically one thing that really stuck out to me from what he was saying is he said that he feels like this is truly his first real offseason yes last year was right. offseason and the year before but last year there was so much transition going on with the new staff brand new coach learning the, the offense which is probably way more complex than what they had before uh which he had just learned the previous year up to that um not as much mastering it so this year he's going to try to master and continue to become an extension of the coaching staff so he's really trying to uh, get smart about the plays and um and I really can't wait to see what him and McVeigh are going to be able to put together. Speaking of mastering and masters, he only took one trip this offseason apparently. And I don't know if you saw on his social media, but he did go to the Masters. Um, you and I watched it a bit. And it was funny. His quote made me really want to go. He said, I don't think you can really explain it unless you go. It was really, really cool experience as we saw on the social media. So one day, Bear, I know. we'll get out there. I know. Actually, my uh, uncle's from Atlanta. I just had dinner with him the other night, and I was asking him about the Masters, and he was like, he almost said the exact same thing. He's like, you know, I can't really explain it to you. You got to really see with your own eyes to really enjoy it and take it in. So yeah, let's go. Let's head, let's head down to the Masters. Um, also, I don't know if this was in yesterday, but I saw McVeigh had kind of an update for Greg the Leg. That's right. So almost on his way to having the scoring record last year, Greg the Leg, probably the best kicker in football, in my opinion. Yeah. He's recovering from back surgery. McVeigh was asked about it, and he said, Greg's making great progress. He's making good progress. We feel good about where he's at and kind of just taking it 
day one day at a time. So for you guys who aren't as familiar, he went for a procedure on his back in December. Um, the recovery timeline has kind of always been unclear. Back surgeries are our major deal. Yeah. So. But, you know, the update from Coach, nothing, not too much detail, but he said that he's doing good and we're, we're taking it day to day. Well, hopefully we'll have him back. Uh, obviously, one of the news that we shared yesterday is we – uh, re-signed Sam Ficken, I think it was, as kind of an insurance policy. Mm -hmm. But we don't really have to want to go there. Um, and if we do, maybe, hopefully not for long, maybe, you know, Greg misses the beginning of the, um, you know, preseason, and then, you know, we'll see him back in the regular season. Hopefully he can rest up. Ficken can take his place until uh, we're, he's needed for the true work. I hope he Ficken gets his nerves together because we're going to have some big-time hey. He, uh, games he did, this season. He did pretty yeah. well in that playoff game when he had to do. He, he put his field yeah. goals in, especially near the end when we needed him to make a field goal to really give us a chance possession-wise. He did his job. All right. Well, we'll see how he does. We got, we got all eyes on the Rams this season. Another thing that we talked about on Locked On Rams yesterday, but yep. wanted to update everybody who's still curious and, and still tuning in. Uh, numbers. It's been a lot of discussion on who's going to take what uh, this season, but we have everybody got their numbers. As Sue checked in yesterday to uh, camp, he didn't have one yet. He didn't get his till later in the afternoon. But Sue ended up with 93. Uh, Akeeb is at 21. Marcus Peters 22. Sam Shields 37. Ramik Wilson 52. Ogletree's old number, and then Brandon Cooks ironically took Watkins' old number 12. Mm -hmm. So kind of funny and interesting. And yeah, not a lot of new numbers floating around there this year yeah. as far as uh, the players that joined us. So. If you have that old uh, Watkins jersey, maybe a little piece of tape across, 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 across the top, and uh, <laughs> you know, throw some cooks up there, and you're back in the game. Hey, we're baby. saving money, man. <laughs> you just need to find somebody from the Patriots who had a cooks jersey, do oh. some work with him, just ask if you can have the the name piece, and who knows? There you go, quick hit, might be ugly. Yeah, quick hit, pick someone up on Facebook and a little switcheroo, huh? <laughs> Another thing that came out, we talked about it on lockdown as well, but wanted to let you guys know if you haven't seen the preseason schedule is out. Uh, we have an interesting schedule. We're going to be playing the Ravens on August 9th. The cool thing about that game is that they're planning to host the Rams for a joint practice prior to the preseason opener. And Akib Talib will be facing Michael Crabtree. Ding, 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 so, ding. So uh, hold on to your chains and, and be watching for that. I don't even know. I assume they're going to see each other in the first quarter, first half, first quarter. But uh, moving on with the preseason. Week two, we're going to be at the Raiders. Week three, First the Texans, and then week four, August 31st, it will be in New Orleans at uh, the Saints. So Jared Goff will get a chance to play with Drew Brees, or against Drew Brees, I mean. Uh, it should be a pretty good game. I don't even know if Goff is, is going to be playing in that one. But Yeah, in, in preseason four, we're probably not going to see him a lot. Um, another thing I want to talk about, because we don't know about the official regular season schedule. Right. It's, it, which is weird, because everything else in the NFL is so, has, you know, is married to a date, basically. Mm -hmm. And this is something that they just don't really tell us, but in all accounts, it's usually before the draft. So we're about 10 days away from the draft, so we're assuming that it's going to come maybe at the end of this week. They'll start releasing it, and they'll tell you. and um, It's going to get really exciting as we start to put dates and everything on you know the whole schedule, because we know who we're playing. Um, but one date did leak so far. We don't know if it's true or not, but... The game that's in Mexico versus Kansas City Chiefs is said to be the Monday night game on November 19th down Ooh. in Mexico City. So I hope that's true because we had discussed this, what we think for nationally televised games, what we're talking about Monday night games, mm -hmm. um, that type of stuff, especially coming off of that amazing year. 
Uh, thoughts on a Monday night game down in Mexico City, and are you in? Because I've already looked at Airbnbs and flights. <laughs> All right, I'll answer your, first, your second question later, but I think it's huge. I think it's great. It's cool to have an international game on a Monday night football game because last time the Rams played an international game, it was on like 7 in the morning, and yeah. nobody really cared. So Marcus Peters and Ramik Wilson will be facing their old team in New Mexico, so or Mexico City. So, and so will uh, Sammy Watkins be facing his old team. That's so right. A lot, that's of, right. a lot of storylines there going to that game. Uh, you know, it's first year for their quarterback uh, going into a full season. They're giving him the keys. This is his full off season. He's yeah. never started a game, so it'll be interesting to see how that kind of turns out. Plus, Jared Goff, you know, his growth, maturity. And you said it, you know, all those other games in London, they're on super early over here, usually around 6 a.m. in the morning. Not a lot of people nationally are getting up for that game. But Mexico, time difference, only a couple hours. Monday night, it's the only game on. It's going to be a highly watched game and hopefully a really, really good one for the Rams. That's right. So you're telling me there's a chance you're going to go. There's a chance. There's Get your chance. passport ready. Bears going international. <laughs> couple more notes on the schedule, Bear. J.B. Long tweeted that he noticed that the USC schedule, they're going to be on the road weeks one, two, and four. Yes, we know that the guys over at this Coliseum can flip over yeah. the stadium super fast, but it you know may hint at the fact that we could be trying to maximize our home games really early on in the season, maybe get three out of four of them at home. So that should be pretty exciting. Yeah, another thing he mentioned about that kind of in, a, in the same source of the schedule is that you know, in eight consecutive seasons, we have gone up to Seattle in December or January <sighs> since 2010, mm -hmm. which is ridiculous. Uh, we'd like to see that flip maybe. Maybe we go up early in the year and then they come down uh, in December and January. We'll see if the schedule gods look out for us on that one. But it would be nice to start off with a couple games at home, get this team off to a nice start. At the same time, they... What last year at one point we were four or five and zero on the road, so road games don't really scare us either. Team. So maybe we want to start on the road, then come home. Who knows? Yeah, uh, we'll find out here. Good. Yeah, we'll find out here soon enough. But it's going to be exciting when we do. Yeah, right, and even Robert Woods said that you know these Rams skill players won't see a better secondary uh, on Sundays than they have at practice. Like think about Woods and and Cup lining up against Talib and Peters and uh, during practice. I mean they got. I, that's what I love is, you know, everyone, you know, there's been talks about can our number one offense repeat and, you know, kind of have that same offensive power that they came out with last year and lead yeah. the league or be near the top three in the league in, in scoring and yards and all that good stuff. And Robert Wood says the perfect thing right there. We, we're practicing against maybe one of the best secondaries in the league yeah. every day. Yeah. So when we come to game time, it should almost realistically almost be easier. Yep. Uh, we'll see if that's how it plays out. But uh, it's going to be great preparation for those guys to see them in practice every day and have to have that, you know, competition and, you know, those shut down corners trying to get free. So it's going to be great practice for them uh, looking into a regular season and getting ready. I can't wait to see the break to camp and these guys actually going up against each other. It's going to be fun to watch. All right, and, and Goff's an accuracy guy, and you know he's been working on it. You know he's been working on the structure of his plays and expanding what they can do offensively. So, you know, working in those tight, narrow windows, he's just going to get better and better. The Suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. 
Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry, you can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, James, let's transition a little bit since we're talking about all these new additions and who we're going to see in practice and, you know, comparing to last year. Um, let's do a little take your pick, right? Okay. We've got some new additions. We've got, we have a few guys that have been here, but can they repeat, right? Let's start on, wait, we want to start on the offense side of the ball? Let's start on the offense. Okay. I'll hit you with some topics. You tell me who you got winning that category, okay? Maybe I'll hit you with a topic or two also. Yeah, bring it Let back. Let's mix it up. Yeah. All right. So we'll start with receptions. Last year, we're actually led by receptions by Todd Gurley at 64, but let's wipe him out of the category because that man's a beast. He's going to win everything. Um, Robert Woods or Cooper Cup? Who has more receptions? Oh, man, that's a tough one because I think it's going to be really close. I'm going to have to go with my boy Cooper Cup following up his rookie season. He was right behind Todd Gurley at 62 to Todd Gurley 64. Robert Woods was behind him at 56. I think Woods is going to be going a little more head-to-head with Cooks this year and trying to get those deep, uh, deeper balls. But Cup, you know, being in that slot position is probably going to get a lot more frequent a lot of receptions a lot more frequently. So I think him and Goff do have a special connection. And uh, I'm just going to barely lean it over to, to Cup. I think it'll be close, but i uh, got to go with my boy. I think I'm going to have to go with you on that. I think Cup's going to get a lot of those uh, dump short passes, a lot of those slants. He's going to be able to take in Sammy Watkins' role in that slant game. He is coming out of the slot. They did have great rapport last year when Jared Goff was throwing to Cup. I also think, like you said, the other two are going to be competing more for yardage and not so much receptions. Jared Goff, one thing he did great last year was getting the football out fast. It's something it seems you can tell McVay really trying to encourage. Obviously, we saw that with Todd Gurley taking in 64 catches. He was just dumping it down, dumping it down. So I think Cooper Cup's still going to be right near the top of that, and I think he, he'll probably lead that in reception. So I'm going to take Cooper Cup. He, this is his rookie of the year last year. I think he's going to step up and only get better. So I got Cup, I'm with you, for the right. receptions. I'm glad we agree. All right, well, let's kind of stay on the same subject. Uh, not receptions number, but let's go total yards. we got Cooks on the team now. He's going to be 
huge for this offense. He's going to get that deep ball. You know, Goff was only able to connect with Watkins so many times on 20-yard-plus passes. I think it was he was 3 for 12 on those deep passes overall. So I think him and Cooks are going to have a better connection here, and, and, and he's going to see that deep ball. So... Woods is going to try to step it up as well. I think Woods is going to try to maybe get over that 800 marks for for overall uh, yards. But Bear, who do you think yards wise is going to get uh, the most between Cooks or Woods? Yeah, I think a lot of people when we did that last one for receptions are going, "Where's Cooks at? Where's Cooks in this debate?" And hold on, hold, hold on. on. Um, I think you're right. I think we're as we kind of just wrap that up. Receptions. I think it's going to be Cup or Woods. Uh, yardage, though, I think Brandon Cooks has got this. Uh, the last three years, he's averaged over 1,000 yards receiving, um, right around the 75 reception mark. So maybe he puts in as well, trying to compete with these guys. They're going to spread the ball around, but his deep threat ability uh, is really going to come into play here, and I think that's where he's going to pick up a lot of those yardage. Yeah. Um, we hope that he can connect with Jared Goff a little bit better than Sammy Watkins did. But I, for sure, hands down, think Brandon Cooks is going to take the yardage for the team. All right. I agree with you. Looking at some of those stats from his last few years, uh, there's no doubt that he's he's pushing 200-plus more yards per season than uh, Woods. So... Yeah, gotta agree there. And you know, we can't have we can't have cooks win every single reception category. So we can't enter them in every contest here. Okay, there you go. <laughs> All right, Barrett, let's throw it to the defensive side of the ball. Okay. We're talking about our nasty defense and how great they're going to be this year. But let's talk about sacks. We're going to get a ton of them. Yeah, uh, we have two guys on the outside right now: Aaron Donald and Sue. Who do you think is going to get more sacks at the end of the season? It's tough, man. You can even throw um, Brockers in there as potential, mm-hmm. uh, depending on who our linebackers end up being. You never know how we're going to really scheme this out. But you know, if I'm going to go here and put some money on it, I got to go with my man AD. That mm-hmm. guy, you know, is just finds a way to get there. And Dominican Sue, even coming over, there's a little talk about, you know, is he slipping a little bit? Is he not? you know, practicing hard enough, which I don't think is going to be the case once he gets around these guys. I think he's going to be highly motivated to kind of prove the point that uh, he belongs here. But I got to go with my man, AD. He is just a freak watching him take on double teams and throwing people aside and just finding a way to get to the quarterback. So AD all day. AD all day. He's had 11 sacks. He had 11 sacks last year. More than Sue had in the last two seasons combined. So they're going to have a huge effect together. The combo effect and then he tossed Brockers into that equation. There's going to be tons of sacks all over the field. So uh, regardless, we're getting double digits here. So uh, excited to see what's going to happen there. But yeah, I mean, uh, I totally agree. AD all day, pay the man. Okay, so staying on the defensive side, let's take a look at the secondary. And let's talk interceptions. We've got, obviously, Marcus Peters, Tlaib, and Joyner all in that secondary who are ball hawking. And might as well throw in uh, NRC there as well because he had a couple picks last year and he was off and on injured. So out of those four guys, who do you see coming out with the interception title? I'm going to stick with Peters because he's owned it for the past couple seasons. And I do believe he leads the NFL in interceptions and he's going to continue to do so. So no doubt about it, I'm going with uh, Peters on this one. Okay, I like to leave here. I think uh, I think a lot of people will start to throw away from Peters, mm-hmm. which will give Talib a little bit more action. I think coming in as the old guy, quote unquote, the old guy on the on the defense side, it, 
uh, that he's going to really step it up and try to make, you know, prove that point. He had some of his best years under Wade Phillips, having, you know, big, huge numbers and interceptions there. So I expect him to get back to that form when he played with Wade Phillips a few years ago, take on that leadership role and put it upon himself to make those plays. So I'm going to go uh, to lead with that one. All right. All right. I got one more for you. All right. Kick it out, man. I'm going back to the offense because I just thought this would be a good step. Todd Gurley, he's been receiving the ball a lot more. He got 788 receiving yards last year. But back to his running game, I'm kind of curious this year if he's going to be able to add to what he produced last year at 1,305 yards. Over under 1,500 yards for Todd Gurley rushing next year. Mm. You know, it was interesting because there were times where we felt that he wasn't being utilized enough. Mm-hmm. And then we appreciated it later on in the year when he kept full strength, right? We were like, well, glad he didn't get 30 carries early in the season. Yeah. Um, and then there were some that said he looked kind of tired in the playoff game and maybe he was still overused, you know, coming out of the backfield. I think with adding Cooks to the to the wide receiving group and having Cup be one year senior and then obviously Woods, you know, growing – I think they're going to take down that passing. You know, like you said, he handed up with 788 yards receiving. So if they just take 200 out of that and move it into rushing and kind of give him the ball that way more, 1,500 yards is definitely doable. This is a guy, I think, who is highly motivated. We, Me and you have watched him on social media very close, like most people. And his focus that he's got, his work ethic, what he's going for, trying to be one of the greatest backs – Having Eric Dickerson in his ear telling him, hey, this is how it's done. Uh, Steven Jackson, those uh, all-time Rams running backs that have kind of been, you know, taking him under the wing and explaining, you know, how to be a pro and how to set those goals and, you know, how to get better and better every year. I think that he's going to, you know, that's only 200 more yards that he needs to cross over that. And I think with attempts and a couple more big plays like we expect him to, I think that's going to be a very, I don't want to say easy target because 1500 yards is crazy here that would have you know that would have ended up being the rushing leader of all last year but I think it's very doable and I think 1500 yards is something that he would have insight so if he's got insight for himself I'm right there with you Todd all right and I have to say at first I was gonna disagree now I think I changed my focus oh I sold you because yeah you're right we have more additions to the wide receiver core we're gonna spread the ball out and and go deep with it and Todd Gurley he was our top receiver as far as receptions last year and I don't I think that that's gonna be taken down a notch um, rushing wise he averaged 87 yards per game he didn't play against San Francisco so if you do the math on that it's probably closer to 100 yards per game receiving he was at 52 yards per game on average and obviously that may be a little bit higher as well if you played in an additional game so you know you do some of the math there and and chip away a little bit at his reception yards per game and add to the rushing yards per game well I think he's going to clear the 100 yard mark and 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 potentially get over that 1500 mark so I totally see it happening and um, of course I wanted to MVP next year yeah for sure and I think that's just one of those things that can help solidify that so Man, it's going to be a fun team to watch. It's funny just kind of playing this take your pick here and you would, you know, maybe pitch these to anybody else in the NFL and they'd love to have to have to take your pick with these <laughs> yeah. guys and argue the points they on who's going to one, one guy. Yeah, there people are looking for one or two guys that they could, you know, get excited about and our whole team is something we can get excited about. So, a lot of expectations. We'll continue to talk about that as we go here and and, and through the draft depending on who we add as we start getting into training camp and things like that. 
Uh, real quick, I kind of want to jump around the league again. We did that yesterday with some updates. There's a couple more that I want to touch on that we didn't get to yesterday. James Harrison has retired from football. He came out in the 2002 draft, five-time Pro Bowler. He played mostly with the Steelers, but spent time with the Ravens, uh, the Bengals, and then obviously finished with the New England Patriots. So uh, he bounced around, but you all remember him from the Steelers. Also known for his crazy workouts and him also challenging Roger Goodell almost every day. Yeah, and... It's funny because I just started following James Harrison on Instagram because yeah. he's talking about the workouts. Everybody's talking about these resistant workouts he's, he's been doing. So thinking he's maybe potentially getting jacked for the season, I've been following his Instagram and all of a sudden it comes out that he retired. So. Yeah, he's one of those guys that he's not going to just retire and be like a couch potato and just <laughs> turn fat. Like he's just one of those guys that I think he's not working just, everybody and he's retiring. Yeah, he's another guy that um, a while back, if you can remember, he told his kids they couldn't have trophies unless they won first place, that he declined a second place trophy and it kind of became a big deal. Um, I'm with you on that, Big James, but uh, he'll be missed because he was highly entertaining, whether it was on the field or off the field, but he's stepping away. He's also one of those guys that I could kind of see coming back at some point when someone can convince him of a good situation, good money, whatever it may be, uh, because he is a workout freak. I think he's going to stay in shape. Other big news that came out of the NFL, I don't know if it's big news, but it it definitely circulated around today. Aaron Rodgers, not too happy right now. Uh, He kind of came out publicly and said he wasn't too happy about some of the decisions that were being made in the front office, and they didn't really come to him on some of these decisions. I think he wants to be, uh, you know, like some of these primetime players that they'll come and ask you what you think about a deal before they go make it, or who would you like to have us bring in, and those type of things. They're not... They're not dealing with them, and that's and that's pretty standard for Green Bay. So um, he did end up saying, you know, you got you got to trust the process, which is kind of becoming an overused term at this point. But uh, we'll see what he does. He came out on Twitter and kind of made a comment as well. So uh, we'll see where that goes. I don't expect anybody to be trying to get rid of Aaron Rodgers, but there's definitely some turmoil going on there and a couple, little bit of back and forth. So something to keep an eye on. I know. Anybody in the NFL would be happy to take on Aaron Rodgers, but uh, I don't think Green Bay is going to be crazy enough to let him go. But I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, You want your star player to be happy, and he doesn't seem too happy right now. Another move that I saw that happened, the Browns, who are you know seem to be in the news a lot because obviously they have the first and fourth pick, uh, but they last week re-signed Josh Gordon to a one-year deal. I think it's like a league minimum deal, so uh, he's not making too much money, but they're going to keep him around, and that just solidifies... That one-two combo punch at wide receiver that they now have with Landry and himself. I think they drafted a tight end last year pretty high. And then have number one and number four. Most likely talks about them going to get a quarterback. They could also go get Shaquan Barkley out of Penn State. So they could all of a sudden go just like the Rams did from near the bottom of the offense categories to somewhere near the top, depending. And I'm not trying to jump the bus too early, but just saying the Browns are making some noise. All right, watch out, Brown. Watch out for the Browns. Uh, I saw something today, Bear, on NFL.com. Okay. It was a uh, top 18 games of the 2018 season, the must-see matchups. Ooh. I got two questions for you. How many times do you think the Rams popped up, and what do you think their highest number is? Whew. I got to say we're on there twice. Okay. Um, and it could be – It's. I'm assuming it's Rams-Eagles has got to be one on there. And then I don't know – what divisional game they'll think is exciting for us? It could be it could be Rams Saints also, but I would say Rams Niners. Okay. Um, 
maybe on the road. Okay. Those will be my, All right, be my cool. well, two to three guesses. All right, Barry. Well, I'm going to double your guess because we're actually on the list four times. Okay. Uh, and it's not going to be a, a divisional game either. Uh, the highest number on the list, which is number 16, the LA Rams versus the Denver Broncos. Lots of storylines. Lots of storylines there. Then we pop up number 14, the the Battle for LA, the Chargers versus Rams. Okay. A story game. Yeah. Good story yeah. game. A little okay. first local LA shootout. See if the Chargers can knock out the big dogs, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I guess so. Then we pop up a little bit farther, and just like you mentioned, Rams versus Saints at number eight. And then, surprise, well, not surprisingly, I'm happy to report the number one game, according to NFL.com, that everybody's excited about is the Philadelphia Eagles at the Los Angeles Rams. Wow. Number one game number to look one. out for the whole NFL season. NFL.com is finally getting it. Thank you. Uh, we've had to scream and yell um, at the national media for not giving us enough credit at times. So to have the number one game, and that's a heck of a game. Last year, obviously... Carson Wentz went out with the knee injury near the end of the game, and that was when the first time we saw Nick Foles. And I guess thinking back now, as he won the Super Bowl and became the MVP, you look back to that game and go, "Yeah, I, I, it makes sense," you yeah. know, because he came in that game. I think he only had nine or ten pass attempts, but he looked so poised coming in, in that fourth quarter. And when we were watching it, we we're like, "Heck yeah, Wentz is out. We can finally just—he's gonna, you know, three and out and punt or turnover." And he let him down and put him in position and, and did exactly what he needed to do is take care of the ball. Mm -hmm. So hopefully this time we will see Wentz for a full game. Love to see that matchup again. The two young quarterbacks taking one and two in the draft a couple years ago. But that's a great game, man. And back here in L.A. again. The last line to end this story is, with the Rams improvement at corner and defensive tackle, look out. They might be hosting the Lombardi Trophy this time around. Hey -o. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You're just saying. He's just I'm saying. I'm just quoting the professionals. All Rams <laughs> Nation is saying we got a pretty good team. Well, I think that's a great way to end the podcast yeah. as well. Uh, James, always a pleasure having you here doing Rams podcast and Locked On Rams. Guys, if you're listening on either or areas right now, go check out the other one. We do Locked On Rams. We're doing it daily. Right now during the offseason, we do it about three to four times a week uh, when we kick into full gear. And the season comes, we're going to do it five times, Monday through Friday. We're going to give you daily Rams news, information, updates. Me and James talking back and forth. We'll have guests on. And then for you guys listening on Locked On that haven't checked out Rams podcast, me and James, we do it once a week, a little bit longer form. Uh, love to go back and forth, interact with the fans as well. Check us out on social media, at Rams Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, our Instagram page. we got a good following there. Share some good content. And then as well as Locked On Rams, LA underscore Rambling Bear, Jay Kroger 3. And then hit me up if you have any questions, comments, concerns. If you got something you want me to talk about on the show, hit me up at LockedOnRams at gmail.com. And also check out the website, LockedOnRams.com. Speaking of reaching out, I want to give a shout out to Bill Overbaugh who reached out to me. He is a diehard Rams fan and just hit me up about solid places to live in L.A. If you're from the East Coast, he's coming out for work, potentially doing some solid work on the stadium. So uh, let us know, you guys, if you have any East Coasters who came out west recently, Rams fans know a solid place to live. 
let us know on social media, and I'll let Bill know what you said. Or if he's listening to the podcast, we'll just shout it out. Bill, listen, I'll tell you right now, uh, coming from the East Coast to L.A., uh, you're good. You're pretty much pick a spot. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be sunny. You won't miss. Yeah, you can't miss. Close to the water as you can get, the better. Uh, I think you're going to be just fine once you realize... Uh, you know, it's 60 degrees in December. I think you'll, you'll realize <laughs> the West Coast is the place to be. So, Bill, thanks for reaching out to us. Everyone else, give us a shout-out. Let us know what your thoughts are, what you'd like to talk about. We'll give you a shout-out on the, on the show as well. So, appreciate that as always. We've got some of the best fans out there. We do appreciate you guys. So, thanks for listening wherever you are. We've got people all over the world and this country. So, so Rams Nation is truly a nation. We spread all over. So, appreciate the support as always, guys. You know what it is. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fancy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.